0: SPX podcast where we're diving
1: into our new series digital dangers in this 10 part series we'll answer questions about modern technology's complicated nature and its lurking hazards in a world where technology reigns supreme we'll explore its effects on us our children and our eternal destiny how do we shield ourselves and our loved ones from the perils of the online artificial world are smartphones a blessing or a curse How can we safely navigate the digital landscape without damaging the sanctuary of our family homes? Join us as we
0: tackle these questions and more throughout this special series. As always, please help us by subscribing and by sharing this podcast with anyone who you think might benefit from it, and by leaving a rating or a review. Now let's join Father Jonathan Kopek on this first episode to learn more about digital dangers. Folly Kopek, thank you for joining us for the first episode of Digital Dangers. To begin, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So I was ordained in 2017, and
1: my first assignment was here in St. Mary's. And uh, what I've been doing here for the last few years is mostly um, being a chaplain for the boys' sodality, so Mm -hmm. going on camps and things like that with them, teaching in the academy. I'm the pastor of Oklahoma City, and um, I work in the sacristy here, things like that nothing terribly interesting, but uh, that's where I've been um, ever since my ordination and am still.
0: Great. How and why did you come to be interested in this topic?
1: Right, so, well, it really kind of comes down to, I think, when you're working on or working with the youth especially, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, that's been my assignment from the beginning. Um, It it became pretty obvious pretty quickly um, just kind of what the enemy was. Um, and, um, and so I started kind of looking into it cause coming out of the seminary and being in the ceremony, seminary kind of while the whole like smartphone thing was taking off, I didn't really know much about it. And then so started looking into it and, um, and finding, finding out a lot. And then the priests here, we started talking about it kind of more in depth, trying to address what seemed to be an increasing problem. And, um, and then Father Rutledge asked me and one of the other priests here to kind of take a deep dive on it and um, and see what we can come up with as far as being able to, you know, address it with sure. our
0: families and, and the students. So okay. that's kind of the process of it. Okay. Um, obviously, the fact that we're doing this podcast means that it's a priority not just for, for you and for St. Mary's, but uh, for the society here in America, for the district. So... So, as a as a priest, you've already you've spoken a little bit about how it came to be seen as a priority, but uh, this is bigger than just a personal opinion. Obviously, at this point, so um, give us give us the broad overview of of why the viewers, why people watching this should care about this issue. Mm-hmm. Why, it's, why it's not just a let's say a detail. Sure. Yeah, I think if we
1: were to start with sort of a diagnosis, okay. you know, just how are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> as a society, um, especially even as a religious community, well, there's aspects I think that we all can have to admit we're not doing so well in some, some areas. Okay. And again, more recently than not. And uh, in a sense, it's nothing really super new. I mean, if, if you know, we kind of reflect on how we got here, let's say if we pay a little attention to history, like we've kind of been on this trend this sort of technological trend. I mean, really ever since the industrial revolution, I mean, that's where in human life, this kind of emphasis on productivity, on material gain, on efficiency, on the whole like mechanical working and how that kind of created this disproportion with the things that we were using and, and our abilities, it really kind of in turn over the years has created a new normal. And so, you know, we kind of, are used to being in this world that we're living in and we're all feeling a little harried by it. And yet this is it. This is life. This is normal in a sense. Um, But that normal really, if we, again, kind of take the historical dive on it, I mean, we're really looking at a world that's been um, the result of this increasing kind of like materialism, rationalism, consumerism, again, these things kind of stemming from and with growing with the industrial revolution. And in that, if you kind of like kind of glance back over those centuries. We have this kind of like increasing detachment from just the natural world that we're living in, and that at the same time is corresponding with this sort of agnosticism in human society, and that obviously is going to you know blossom into modernism uh, at the at the turn of last century, and all of that is sort of corresponding altogether with sort of a you know just de- decline in you know, appreciation for beauty in general, for the fine arts. And we kind of find ourselves as like kind of strangers in our natural world that we live in. But okay, all of that together, let's say like the full okay. relation between all these things, that's that's beyond the scope of you okay. know, what we're looking at. I'm just kind of trying to say like, this is the normal that we're kind okay. of used to. You know, Since the machine age began, this has been the trend. And where we find ourselves now is we live a life that's hurried and harried and we're feeling kind of Increasingly ineffective, we're we're feeling despondent, um, and materialism is 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 the ruler of the day, with an overall tendency, at least, towards agnosticism, if not other extremes. And all of this again is nothing new, because all of this is what we can call you know technological life. It, it's okay. it's the life of a world that's founded and created from technology, um, but the human conditions that are a result of that this constant interaction with technology or technological machinery, these things that we started, it's been shaping our lives at the same time. <clears throat> but to get kind of to the point, like as far as we're not doing so well, I think that if we were all kind of to take a diagnosis on just mm-hmm. you know, our day to day, we see a, a general fatigue, despondency, you know, especially in our youth, a lack mm-hmm. of motivation. We've see, we see a lot of anxiety, depression, um, impurity, abuse. And I think one of the most important points is sort of what we can call like this chronic inability to pray, to just have a, a deep spiritual mm. life. So th- these are the these are the challenges, let's say, that the Catholic I think feels today in our in our kind of fast-paced technological world. That's us, and it's increasingly so, and especially with the youth. And that's kind of like okay. what ticked us off on all of this. But the thesis that I kind of wanted to. Put out here as far as all of this goes is you know we've already been laboring under all this. It's it's nothing terribly yeah. new. Um, it's nothing that we're you know we're gonna we're not gonna I don't think get too much further into you know the historical developments and things like that. But now it's become extremely evident because in a way it's as if it's all of all of those problems and all of their effects are sort of becoming synthesized you know so if we were to just call like the smart device right okay. the the yeah. the computer in your hand what it really is is it's kind of a prism like it, it it it's an amplifier of all that that impetus of the industrial revolution and all the things that it brought into human life um with all of its negative effects so it's it's as if it distills those motives um, and that impetus and focuses them and then boom, un- unleashes them straight into each individual without any restraint. So it's not just well we're fatigued and we're kind of yeah. overworked and we're it's we're we're chronically fatigued or we're extremely distracted or impurity is rampant and it, it's 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 become it's become like a social dilemma. Yeah. Um, you know, our social lives are extremely affected. These problems have been ex- exploding. Um, uh, I know our inability to manage time or to be to, fe- to be effective. It seems like everyone or everyone's obviously an exaggeration, but yeah. um, many people, especially many in the youth are, are increasingly anxious and mental health issues mm-hmm. are, are skyrocketing. And and well okay where is it all coming from all of a sudden like where is this explosion well the thesis the thing that we're going to try and figure out the topic that we're going to study is is it all coming from this prism this prism of this this movement or this lifestyle this technological life all coming in an unfiltered channel right into us from these smart devices at least primarily so how do they interact with our with our health our physiology how do they help interact with our psychology how do they interact with our social nature our sexual nature how is it how is it affecting our thinking you know our ideals our reasoning our principles um all these things are really posing kind of really all of a sudden grave moral situations that we have that we're facing and all of that of course all of that together is again it's, it's affecting our spiritual life it's it's affecting our soul and that's Ultimately, going to affect our, you know, our purpose in life, our the salvation of our soul. So it's something we, okay, we have to we have to look at this because it's not just well we have to do the best to you know live in sure. this modern world we're living in. It's what if you took all of the errors of the modern world and channeled them, you know, like a funnel down your throat, and then all of that's affecting your soul immediately and in a, in a completely disproportionate manner. So that that's kind of the okay. that's kind of the floating the idea of this is what I think we need to talk about. So yeah. it's not going to be. I mean, I have no intention of, of just jumping on a bash fest sure. Um, because we understand. Um, I think, I think if, if there's one thing we can all agree on, none of us saw this coming, you know, especially when you got, excuse me, you got your first smartphone or your first yeah. cell phone. You weren't, no one was thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be, I mean, probably some people were, but I think most of us, especially parents and, you know, yeah. families and things like, they, no one. No one's thinking that this is gonna be a huge problem. And, and no one wants to have to have the burden on their shoulders of, you know, some huge grave responsibility or guilt or something. That's not the point of this. Like, um, the point is not a bash fest. It's not a guilt trip. It's, we understand, um, we, we didn't see this coming, but, we have to look at it it, it yeah. we, that we have to make we have to really you know make explicit a, a very grave and dire warning that we have to look into these things because something's wrong um and it's very wrong
0: okay uh you covered a lot there father and maybe we'll have time as we go through these these episodes and these interviews to to circle back to some of those things you talked about because right. you situated this in a much broader historical context right with industrialism and and sort of the movement away from reality right mm-hmm. to artificial things and there's probably a lot there that, that we could talk about. And I think
1: we will. I okay, think yeah. it's all going to be relevant to good. the little aspects that we'll that we'll pick up. Yeah. So
0: I guess to start maybe two clarifications or questions that I think uh, most people will want to know or at least I certainly are in my mind after hearing your your sort of introduction is do you see um are you talking about technology in general or you really seem to to focus on these smart devices so smartphones the the newer kinds of technology are those questions of of degree to you or kind or or both i mean is it it's kind of both i think
1: i think if we're going to try and do the best thing we can with our lives Mm -hmm. we all do have to and i think are trying to you know, realize what are the the dangers to my spiritual life and my family just from the world I live in and how can I best overcome those? And I'm gonna call that world the technological world. And I don't just mean a world that uses machines to get things done. I mean a world that has been sort of the product of a huge movement that has largely gone away not only from nature and reality, but God and spirituality. And so it, it, it brings along um, some serious moral things as well. So that's that's okay. the broader, like sure. that's technological life. Okay. And uh, it's almost kind of a blessing that we have to focus on the second thing, which is okay, now more specifically, I am talking about smart devices. So okay. a smartphone, a tablet, um, basically, I mean, anything that can connect to the internet in a serious way is okay. what we're really gonna be looking at because um, the, the kind of the conclusion of, you know, everything that I've been studying that we want to talk about is that um, there, there's, a, there's a disproportion in these things and in, in our ability to use them well. Okay. It's as if it, it hijacks us basically okay. at the end of the day. Um, but I said, it's sort of a blessing that we kind of have to focus on this now that it's exploding in our face, because if you think about it, if, if this device really is, you know, a, a synthesis or a prism of, of, of a lot of problems and at the same time i'm trying to you know navigate for my family how can i best overcome the problems in this modern technological world well actually how i use this very concrete machine mm-hmm. is in a in a large way going to be determining how i'm how i'm how i'm treating all those different problems you know so how sure. how am i you know if, if if the problems are you know on the economical level our time time usage and things like that if the problems are you know particular temptations or vices if the problems are you know social norms and and relationships it's difficult to attack those things because they're so abstract but now if i have to look at how i'm using my devices to spend my time my 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 concrete types of entertainment or whatever it is or how i'm using social media to create relationships or how my device could be a grave temptation to me now i'm I'm kind of given a chance to actually make concrete a reaction a good reaction to the kind of these over overarching problems so to answer your question though i mean it yeah it's it's both those things it's kind of like this whole life in general um which i think like you said will 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 be addressed at least indirectly as we kind of hit the different points but then more specifically yes we're talking about smart devices devices that are connected to the internet in any serious way okay um, yeah.
0: so it's really it's bi- big picture it's we want to live a li- we want to live the good life in the true sense of the word catholic life we mm. want to live an integrated life and you are judging in this series or in these talks whether or not technology or this particular smart devices devices connected to the internet mm-hmm. fit into right that life a life of virtue okay right, so so let's start getting into the particulars then I know you had mentioned that um, this this whole problem let's say was uh, was learned first by the effects mm-hmm. right? you notice effects in students and parishioners and in, in you know friends and things like that um, what can we how can we how can we start by honestly analyzing the effects what are the effects of these technologies on us
1: mm-hmm. well I I think in a sense one of the best ways to see the effects is to is to look at the youth because if we reflect on ourselves I think, you know, I think most of us can honestly say well there's something to that. You know, I yeah. uh, I am tired, I am harried, I am finding a lack of motivation or whatever it is. Sure. Um, but in a sense it, it's harder for us, you know, to really pinpoint perhaps a, a negative effect in ourselves and draw, you know, draw it back to its cause. But it, you know, okay. If we look at our children, for example, in the schools, you know, what what the teachers, what the priests have all been agreeing on is that okay. It obviously it's never easy to get to you know an adolescent, especially on a difficult you know topic. But it's as if they're becoming chronically disinterested. It's just it's 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 it's, it's not just it's hard to motivate them. It's it's as if there's nothing on the other side to motivate. Hmm. Um, or you know, uh, let's say on kind of the moral realm. So you know, we, we priests discussing whether it's you know retreats or or camps or sure. schools or confessions, things like that. <clears throat> um, the effect of like a, a grave moral issue going on, and again, especially as regards purity, is overwhelmingly evident like it's not just you know here and there it's not just bad people seeking out bad things it's good people um or at least innocent people being very strongly affected by very bad things in a way that just seems almost impossibly easy um you know for them to be affected so and, and extremely widespread um and then Kind of, a, a maybe, maybe a little. Well, I mean, I guess in the same way, you know, if we look at, um, you know, our, our again looking at the youth, uh, everyone, everyone, I think can kind of agree, you know, like, well, that's not how we did, it. you know, like when we wanted to hang out with our yeah. friends, we would yeah. get together and we would have a fire or whatever it is, and and you know the common. The common complaint, I think, among parents or priests talking to parents, you know, our kids just, they're not interested in that sort of thing anymore. They they, they don't want to have friendships. We can't communicate with them. It's, it's like there's always this big gap between us and the kids. And that's just not, you know, some parents saying that to us. its It's okay. becoming... Vastly, the majority. It's like okay. it's like where where did our ability to communicate to? We don't even go to. We don't even know where to start. So there's
0: a rupture. There's a break. There's a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And
1: and and that again is it's a it's a pretty evident effect, a, okay. and it's pretty mostly evident in, in the kids. And then and then the other things I, I mentioned, just as far as you know, like um. Uh, we see more and more often in the youth, you know, like in a, in a, like a spiritual counseling setting or mm-hmm. whatever it is, not just issues of, you know, spirituality and how to pray yeah. better or something like that. It's, um, it's becoming more and more obvious that many of our youth need a, a different type of help, like a, a mental help kind of thing. So okay. it's like, why is there so much anxiety? Why is there so much depression? Why is there so much of a feeling of a gap between our children and God? Um, cause many of them do feel just, and I use the word feel yeah, yeah. literally, um, that there's a disconnect between them and a higher father, a father that loves them, that knows them and loves them. And it's, it's, you know, what is the revelation of the new Testament, you know, the love of God, the father, mm-hmm. um, for his children it is it's, it's, it becoming, difficult to even try and get that point across you have a father that loves you and it's like mm, where wow why there's just there's such a disconnect and we see that over and over and over again um when it comes to you know trying to to give a, a formation of a spiritual life so i think it, you know to answer your question as far as pointing out those effects i think if, if we are honest with ourselves, we can we can see a lot of these things yeah. um, at the very least our time usage um our waste of time, our particular temptations or whatever it is. But I think uh, a good, you know, canary in the mind for us to have to look at is there's there's something okay. very different in, in our children, at least the ones that have access to this sort of things. And then we can see very quickly when the influence of a friend comes in that has access to these things that it's really pointing to, okay, again there's something very wrong here um, okay. and, and we need to address it so that that's kind of
0: where the effects are that we were looking at okay so can we talk about what some of those effects are like the, on the on the physiological level on the natural level because I think it's possible on the one hand that parents may see some of these effects and not know where what what the cause is mm-hmm. right or even be skeptical that maybe some of the things that you have you know maybe technologys not it or it's mm-hmm. something some other aspect of the modern world so can we talk about what we do know, at least so far, about how, especially screens and things affect sure. people? So, sort of the non-negotiables that are, um, you know, there that that everyone should know about. Whatever they think of of your premise so far, mm-hmm. right? Let's yeah. um, sure, let's go there. Yeah,
1: no, it's that's. I think that's a a very very important point because, like you said, it's. Uh, we're, we're tempted and we'd rather try and find something else to blame. You know, yeah. it, it seems like it's too easy or maybe too conspiratorial, I don't know, on the, other, on the other stream to just say, oh, come on, you can't put it all on, you know, the phone. A phone is just yeah. a tool that, it's just like any other tool, you're supposed to use it virtuously. And if you right. do, then it works, and if you don't, well, then obviously you're gonna have problems.
0: Yeah, I think we can all be honest and say that we would all like to not believe that it sucks up as much time as it does, at a minimum, at a minimum, we, cannot, a minimum, we, yeah, we right. would all love to be able to say it's not really that. it <laughs> yeah. Doesn't take up that much time. So I, I, I handle
1: my time fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay. yeah. So if
0: that. So, yeah, what, so we'd yeah. like
1: we'd like to think that. Right. Okay. The the problem is, and um, I will already put forward that again. Yeah. Not not Father Kopek's opinion here. Yep. Um, this is uh, you know, um, really the result of of a lot of studies, a lot of writings. Um, a lot of books read, mm-hmm. a lot of notes made, and um, what's interesting is that you know, out of everything that I and um, the other priests that have collaborated with me, and then I had some you know college students and teachers collaborating to you know trying to compile yeah. as much as we can. I can't think off the top of my head anything that was written by a Catholic, you know, okay. and and not even by a Catholic, but even from not even a religious point of view. My point being is that this isn't just a you know, a niche conspiracy. Yeah. This is um, the, the world that we live in, the people that live in this world and they're also using these machines, they're saying there's a problem. Okay, so what's the problem? Yeah. Um, that was just to, sure. to, back, to back up what I am yeah, about to good. say. Um, really what it comes down to is the machines themselves, like the technology that goes into the, the mm-hmm. making of them and the operating of them and then how that technology works with the way we think and the way that we function as a physical human being, Mm -hmm. therein lies a huge part of the problem. So it's as if, you know, it's as if we're talking about something that's poisoning us Mm. um, by its very nature. So is our ultimate conclusion going to be, you know, absolutely not, it's impossible to use it because it's intrinsically evil? No, that's not gonna be our ultimate conclusion. But we are gonna say, and I'm, well, we'll get into it right now, is that um, these machines, these smart devices, the, the, the world of the web, and then the applications, the apps that are mm-hmm. created off of that, they do have an intrinsically negative effect on us, on, on just, just the way that they, they work with our wiring On brain. a natural level. On a natural okay. level, yeah. So we're, we're gonna, in a sense, we can put aside or put on the back burner for okay. now, kind of the conclusions of our spiritual life and stuff like that. But we're okay. gonna have to go back to them because sure. they're essential. But just on a natural level, okay. Um, the, the smart device was created by very intelligent people. I think we can all agree with that sure. because it's a marvelous little machine. Well, these very intelligent people, um, one of the ways they used their intelligence was to create something that worked well with the way that human beings work. Okay. Um, and wh- like, okay, so one of the main ways that human beings work is by habit. Mm-hmm. So we are very habitual creatures. And when I say very habitual, I, I don't even mean just in the sense of, okay, we all yeah. have habits. No, it, this is something that's mm-hmm. built into our physical system, how we function. So, you know, for example, um, if you pick up any book about, you know, the negative effects of technology, one of the first things it's going to talk about is neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is a term that indicates that our brain, our nervous system, but especially our brain is an organ that is changeable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just, you know, we, it starts growing and then we put stuff in it and that's it. No, it, it's, it's a constantly rewiring, adapting organ with um, various parts that have various jobs that have to do with how we act and interact with others. And those, you know, different areas of our brain are the different centers of, of action are connected to each other as well. And they call those like neuro neurotransmitters, neural pathways, okay. whatever it is. So if you were to kind of picture it, I, I don't want to be, get too material with it, or because no one likes to think of the brain as a computer, and it's not <laughs> right. But it's it works as an analogy. So here's the the example is that you know you have in your brain you have like you know your um, your memory cortex over here, and it actually mm-hmm. is storing physical memories, everything that happens to you. You have your you know your emotional transmitter over here, and when something comes in that you have to react to with anger or or joy, it it releases those particular hormones so that the body can be fired up in one one direction or another. Um, you have your decision making process over here, and all these things are connected to each other yeah. um, in a way that um, we become better and better at reacting to things or doing things well. So. It's because of our neuroplastic brain, our, our changeable habit-forming brain that we're able to actually do anything at all physical. Yeah. <clears throat> and even becomes the foundation for anything that we do mentally. So if our brain couldn't learn a habit, for example, um, you know, we couldn't walk. We, every time we would try and stand up, we'd have to learn it all over again. But that motor skill was hardwired in us from the first day we took our step from the day we took our first step. And then every time we took a correct step after, after that, that wiring became stronger and stronger between, you know, the motivation, Mm -hmm. let's say, and the response in our, in our muscles. But I mean, that applies to everything. It's, it's how we know people's names. It's how we can eat spaghetti. It's how we can paint a picture. It's how we can intelligently communicate. Okay. All of these things are, are rooted in our brain's ability to to form new connections and to connect things together. That's also the reason why, you know, um, there's that whole kind of world of psychology that likes to blame things on our childhood. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something very real to that. You know, if if for example, you know, you had an, a very strong impression as a child when, you know, you're walking down a dark alley and a cat jumped on your face and clawed you, well, what, what that happened to that little child's brain is that, you know, it had this impression of pain and mm-hmm. fear And a very physical memory, and it was all connected to a cat, and the response was, you know, sadness and and hurt and all these things. Well, that formed a connection. Yeah. And if that connection doesn't get rechanged to something else, what could very easily happen is that child grows up with a phobia of cats. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just every time they see a cat, what is their brain doing? It says, hey, I remember that that creature, and I connected automatically to those same. Um, those same effects mm-hmm. that happened the first time because they're so deeply gra- you know graven into my brain and so they see the cat even if it's broad daylight all of a sudden they're breaking out in sweat and and feeling like they're about to be attacked I and mean, that's that's kind of just the the psychological basis of a phobia yeah. and it then you know you know basically the idea of you know abuse and things like that just grows off of that it's all kind of the same idea of wiring okay so that but that's so that's neuroplasticity that's just the nature of our brain and how it enables us to form habits. And again, um this will e- this will even you know, even though we have our spirituality on the back burner, yeah, yeah. It, it this is going to be a part of it because how we think, you know, how, how we are used to um making judgments and conclusions based off of principles and yeah. things like that. Um that's that's also gonna be something neurological in us. So our intellect is immaterial. Okay, that's the mm-hmm. faculty of our soul, but it can only act in us insofar as our brain's working. Yeah. Um, and so if we are forming good habits, that's what education is all about, of you know, learning to remember, you know, we store things in our memory, we access mm-hmm. them, we can put them together, we can take them apart, and we can arrive at conclusions, well, that's, that's the work of our intellect, but it's using those habits of the brain. Sure. And if your intellect's working well, your prayer's working well. And if your intellect isn't working well, your prayer's not working well. If your habits aren't working well, your intellect's not working well,
0: your prayer's not working well. So that's a hint where <laughs> no
1: yeah. we're gonna have to go with this.
0: Well, I mean, it's in a way, it's less people think this is all just like modern. I mean, it's a kind of a validation of even Thomistic principles. No, it, it's completely Thomistic, right? Because yeah. I mean, I think Thomas uses the example of how the faculties of the body and soul work together, right, mm-hmm. he says like, well, the proof that for instance, memory, You know, well, the work the 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 lower faculty works through a bodily organ. As we all know, the experience of amnesia, right? Right. Someone gets hit in the head, Mm -hmm. right, and well, they don't remember that anymore. Your soul didn't get damaged, right? But something physical did. Yeah. So, so it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about here. I mean, it's um, you know, this is not just, for instance, modern psychology. This is not just this is a this is an anthropology that is. Thoroughly Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And
1: and it, it's even rewarding when you get into those kind of circles to to find, you know, modern psychologists that stumble upon like there was this Thomas Aquinas guy. <laughs> that's awesome. He kind of seems like he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> it's it's, you know, it's always very rewarding. Okay, so well, that's our that's our habit form. That one more thing I want to say about that because it's gonna come back to how technology okay. works with that. Is um, one of the ways, one of the main ways that we form habits is is not okay, so it's not just these different parts of our brain forming connections with each other. One of the reasons they form those uh, connections with each other is that the, the brain itself kind of has its own reward system. It, it, okay. It's self-training. And so whether it's from an external like sense of approval, you know, when, when baby takes its first step and mommy goes, "Yay, you did it, great job. Um, that is, is, is initiating a reward process in that baby's brain that is gonna strengthen the habit that it just made. And that's why we, you know, that's for example, that's the kind of like the neurological basis of why we teach kids good manners before they understand why they do it, because we're just already giving them those habits where, and their brain's gonna reward themselves. So everyone's probably heard of, you know, the the chemical dopamine, which mm-hmm. is something our body nat- naturally pr- produces. Well, dopamine is just one part of what we can call like the reward system in our brain. So okay. every time I do something that benefits me, my, my glands, secrete a little bit of dopamine which gives me a physical feeling of accomplishment a little bit of happiness or satisfaction peace whatever it is and we're, we're designed that way by god so that we can learn things and eventually learn to do them well and we take satisfaction in the more perfect act that we can make um so that reward system is extremely important and at the same time though it's a blind system so what I mean by that is that you know we might uh, we might have a feeling of satisfaction um, because we ate something and it satisfied our appetite, and the body releases dopamine and we have that that sense of yes that was good, but what we ate doesn't necessarily. Mm. Equate with that sense of satisfaction, so it's it's a blind reward in the sense of you know I might have just eaten something terrible for me and yeah. yet I still feel good right now yeah. because the brain just says good I'm not hungry anymore right you know um, okay well that that'll extend in a bunch of different directions but I guess f- for now we can we can link back over to technology okay and what we're talking about are, are people that um, designed a machine with the full knowledge of our neuroplastic brain,
0: So everything I, you just mentioned. <laughs> this is
1: science that they were using. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, another kind of um, support to the fact that this isn't just a conspiratorial thing is that they're proud of this. You know, the, the scientists mm. that are developing these things they're saying, yes, w- you know, we, we are using our scientific developments and discoveries to create things that work well with us. Like, why, why are we so happy that we have an ergonomic you know, laptop yeah. or whatever it is? It's because, well, we, we've done so much research in what's going to affect the human brain the most and make it most pleasant to use. Okay. Well, that's, the, therein lies the rub. So from, mm. from the very beginning already, we have a device that by its very nature is pleasant to use because it's easy and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it can do these connection things um, very quickly and very satisfactorily. Um, and already, so they, they're designed to be very usable. And in a sense, you can already say, okay, that could be a good thing because some things are designed, you know, hopefully to be usable well, like sure. a car, you know, you don't want to have to crank that thing every time you get out in the cold or whatever it is. It's nice to just be able to turn the key and everything's right where you want it. And that was a design to make it, you know, easy to use. But if something's gonna bring more negative effects with it, and it's so easy to use that we wanna keep using it, okay, well, now we have a problem. And when I say so easy to use, this this brings us up to the threshold of addiction. Okay. So what addiction is, is just think of it as our reward system in our bodies, in our brain, has been hijacked in such a way that the rewards are coming from somewhere where they're not supposed to come from, and the demand for them is as as strong as a demand for something that's gonna keep us alive. You know, kind of yeah. on a spectrum. Okay. So it might just be, you know, I, I'm someone could be mildly addicted to nicotine or something like that. Okay, well, what that means is that their body is demanding a dopamine release in order to kind of just feel normal. And then nicotine itself imitates the dopamine in mm. such a way that, okay, it brings that feeling of satisfaction. And okay. until they get it, they don't feel right. Um, one of the big scientific breakthroughs was uh, that that kind of led to this whole um, um, reward center-based technology was, uh, was a study done on some lab rats, as they always are. Yeah. And um, it, was, it, was the, it was the study that really brought what, what they call... Um, in the in the research papers, the um the te- the science of, um, gambling, the technology of okay. gambling. So, um, what they did is you know so they had these lab rats and, um, in their cage they had a little lever and when they pushed on the lever a food pellet would come out every time. And, um, and every time that food pellet come out, the kid, they eat it and then they wait until they're hungry again. Then we'd go over there and they were trying to push the thing. Well, what they did is they, they started to randomize it. So sometimes when they would push on the food lever, a pellet would come out and sometimes it wouldn't. And what that did is that in the, in the, in the rats, simple little brains, the dopamine need for the food became stronger, but then also there's the, the part of the reward system that's, that's designed to you know, keep us alive mm-hmm is kind of pushing more and more for a result because now it's starting to think, we don't know when the next food pellet's coming. And so it pushes, try again, try again, until there becomes like this actual mental, but it's a physical urge to keep trying to find the, the food pellet. Okay. And believe it or not, that's the science of uh, of gambling, so you keep pulling on the lever. And why is it so hard to walk away? Because it's, well, maybe this time. It, it's really all it comes down to is it's basically kind of just a, a survival instinct mm-hmm. wired into our brain that wants to take advantage of the next great possibility and doesn't want to lose out on it. But that, but that's a hijacking. That's you know, that's that's using something that we're designed with in a way that's just profiting someone else sure. because it's not. We're not just pushing down for food pellets. We're putting in coins. You know. Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> when it comes to technology then again um it they they've intentionally set these devices up in such a way that they they click in with these reward centers with these with these um you know these these kind of feelings of oh yes, accomplishment, I did it, but then also this kind of feeling of I also need to keep doing it and so um it quickly can become you know pleasant it can go from it being pleasant you know to receive yeah. a text message to kind of chronically needing to check my phone because maybe I'm missing something. And that, that feeling of missing something, that's no accident, it, it really is. It, it's, it's our brain reacting to be according to how, it, how it's wired. So you have you know, already in the, in the very just basis of these things kind of this intentional you know, clicking yeah. into our reward system, but then also this, this machine that because of its interface and its ease of use is forming very strong and very easy um, Neuro pathways in our brain, so that whole like connection and the different parts. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, it very quickly becomes easier and more likely for me to do to send a you know a brief digital message to someone rather than do the extra work you know to go knock on their door, or call them, or write them a letter or something like that. And the more I use that easy thing, the stronger that groove is formed in my brain and the more likely I'm gonna keep using it and even want to use it and eventually start to need to use it in such a way that it's, it's kind of, it's kind of um, well, it's, it's rewiring our brains in a sense. It, it's because of how yeah. easy it is for us to form these connections with the screen and with these quickly things that we can do um, and the powerful things that we can do, we're wired to want to use them more and we're wired to want to use them
0: more and more exclusively yeah and that's the case even with it, let's say theoretically all totally otherwise legitimate things i'm i'm t- I'm t- chatting with my friends i'm mm-hmm. reading things on my phone so nothing nefarious you're talking about even what would otherwise be totally legitimate uses your your brains being rewired to, mm-hmm. to funnel all that to right. the phone and yeah, it doesn't sound un- like unintended such consequences or, or intended consequences. Right. It's very intended consequences. And the pro- yeah. So okay, so
1: what's the problem with that? I yeah. guess is the thing. Okay, well there well, there's two. The first problem is that the use itself is not actually harmless. So it'd be kind it's of It's not neat. neutral. It's not neutral, right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not it's not just you have this machine that works really well and it's connecting things and you're using it really quickly and all the things. It, what actually is happening is that every time we're interacting with a machine. There's a whole bunch of parts of us that are interacting with it. It's not just you know one little pathway here. It's I'm 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 having to pay very close and visual attention to something, and let's say you know maybe I'm I'm scrolling through a list of something on the internet. Well, every pop-up, every every you know title, everything like that is also taking my attention. It's causing it's taking my visual attention and it's also you know pinging little emotional reactions in me constantly. What I'm saying is that it's it's mentally working us, so all these different aspects of our mind when I say mental, by the yeah, way, yeah. I, I better make a distinction. I don't mean mental in the sense of something spiritual right I mean okay. I mean how my brain works okay um, mm, yeah, mentally, how my brain works and so what what this use of the machine is doing is that it's it's causing us without even really realizing it to work very much on the mental level um, in such a way that it's actually quickly exhausts our energy reserves because, and I remember I remember learning this and it kind of blew me away in high school, is that the more we think, we're act, the more we're burning energy, right? So, you know, everyone can kind of if you're preparing for something difficult, we can all realize at the end of that, you're just, wow, I'm exhausted. Or I just, you know, I had to go talk to everyone at that meeting and now, I, I mean, I, I didn't really do anything except for talk or maybe I had to really pay attention to something. We have that feeling of fatigue afterwards and sometimes mm-hmm. extremely fatigue, yeah. like, you know, you're studying yeah. for a, an exam or something. Well, why is that? It's because when we're working mentally, we are exhausting the same energy that our physical, you know, our more kind of like evidently physical side is mm-hmm. using. and. All of a sudden now we're becoming fatigued and we come we're we're becoming what's um you know called by professionals mental mentally fatigued so fatigue of our mind of our brain the problem with mental fatigue is that it's more impacting on us than physical fatigue so you run a marathon you're going to be exhausted you're on a 5k you're still going to be tired and sore but if you are um running a marathon so to speak with with your brain and you're doing it every day and in, and in some sense you're doing it every time you're interacting with this highly advanced machine that's that's grabbing all these different facets of attention and causing all these different effects in you you're 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 fatiguing yourself even without even realizing you're doing it sometimes even when enjoying yourself okay okay well the problem with the big problem with that and this is still just kind of like part 1 sure the big problem with that is that mental fatigue f- spills over into the rest of us so and again this is this is nothing really new this is this is something that that doctors and especially psychiatric doctors um even just normal balance one even catholic ones you know there's a there was a famous um jesuit priest in the 50s named father irala who you know spent a lot of time writing about the mental fatigue as a result of our technological life that we live in he's writing in 1950 and 60 interesting and so the 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 effects of mental fatigue okay now we get to these things that we've been diagnosing in ourselves. What when we're when we're a, a, um, when we're exhausted mentally or tired, well, we start to become less motivated. We start to have um, kind of well, even more just. Uh, physical illnesses, so what are called psychosomatic mm-hmm. illnesses. So you got your psycho, your somatic—that's your body and your soul. So the 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 you know, the working or mind and soul. Let's mm-hmm. say so the workings of your mind are affecting your body. So why is it you know that CEOs get ulcers and and you know and you get indigestion before you have to go up and talk in front of people? Well, th- those are effects of the stress in your mind spilling over into your physical system. So the problems that we have of anxiety, exhaustion, and those things quickly feed into a foundation for depression and other mental illnesses or just the you know that kind of exhausted harried feel that we have our lack of <coughs> motivation our inability to pay attention all of these are effects of us spending too much of our energy just by using these devices and th- and it happens just by using them so we'd like to say well that's that's the effect of using them too much right yeah right but not exactly because un- unfortunately by their very nature, they're already going to be sort of overworking our minds when we start to use them. Now, again, that doesn't vitiate them completely because right. we do all sorts of things. Again, that you know are going to have somewhat of a negative effect. You you do a workout, you're, you know, you're, you're breaking your muscles down to make them mm-hmm. stronger. Okay, but you know, normal use of technology is uh, is a very undefined thing. And yeah. like you said at the beginning. Um, We'd all like to wish that we can say, yeah, I, I only use it for as much as I as I do. But you go back to the fact that it, it's so easy to use and so much demanding its use. Um, normal use is overuse, and and it is having these negative effects on us, just on a on a psychological, physiological level. So that's that's the first okay. problem is that okay. just using it itself, and the way that it interacts with our brain and all of our habit forming, are it's it's exhausting us, and that mental mental fatigue um, is is. Is uh, spilling over into different um,
0: symptoms and illnesses of our okay. of our life. So, so maybe if I can rephrase it to make sure I understand. On a natural level, the very let's say promise of the smartphone that you can have your camera, your bank account, your GPS, your family photos, everything in one place is exactly the thing that leads to the mental strain and the and the feeling of. Um, of being tethered to the device, because now, yeah, everything mm-hmm. isn't. That, that's that's what you're saying, right? That it's it, the very promise the, of the, the technology promise is, is, is the problem. The, is
1: is the tethering to you? And but the other, I mean, the other problem is that um, the more you kind of try and make good on that promise, the more you're using a machine that is weakening you. Okay, and that that's a problem. I okay. mean, again, it's we we all have to try and balance. You know, the things that we use that we know can weaken us. Yeah. um in one way or yeah. another but we do edu- i mean we just have to admit the science is out there these machines weaken us and they and they weaken us mentally and that's that's our you know on the natural level that's that's our most important sure you know thing well it's, okay well that's that's kind of on the natural level, the you know the, the yeah. neurological thing. The other big problem that we that we have when we kind of we make this connection with the machines, we find ourselves tethered to them. We want to keep using them. They're they're very efficient and, and very helpful in a lot of ways. Well, first problem is using them itself is is weakening us. But the second problem is that um, we're not just talking about some sort of you know machine like a haybine or a car that really is. Pretty neutral in you know mm-hmm. in 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 what it's bringing us towards. It really comes down to my decision on where I'm driving this car. Well, when you when you open up that screen or when you when you go into uh, um, the World Wide Web, you know you're entering with in, in that very moment a whole world as well, a whole universe, okay. and that universe has its own ideals, its own morals, or lack thereof. And I mean, just to sum it all up, that that universe is a universe apart from God. It's it's not the, the ones that are, you know, developing these things and using them for their profit by our attention. Even if that's as insidious, if, if that's just as insidious as it gets, that's it. It's still a world that um, is bringing with it exposure to, and even exposure in a way that is so constant as to become not even noticeable but exposure to very bad ideals, you know, very, um, very evil and corrupt um, ideals of culture and, and morals. It brings us in contact with um, you know, very disordered forms of entertainment, it brings us into contact with disordered um, methods of social life. You know, it, it's bringing with it, again, kind of going back to the beginning, this whole prism of all the different problems that have been the result of a world slowly moving away from God. Mm-hmm. And now when you walk into that portal by opening up that screen, you're exposing yourself to all these dangers. And so now the necessity for balance and prudence and virtue goes way up. It's not just, you know, you're getting a car, you got to know how to drive well and you should drive to a good destination. And those are your those mm-hmm. are your, pr- you know, prudent responsibilities. It's you get into that portal and you've entered into a world that is is against God and it's it's trying to find a way um, to pull souls into it. That sounds a little extreme, yeah. But I mean, uh, if I mean, if we just kind of glance across, you know, the entertainment page or you know, glance across mm, the I guess what we can call modern culture. I mean, what do we see? We we don't see God godliness. We Mm -hmm. don't see you know. Virtue we see yeah. a lot of impurity, and we see a lot of um we we see a lot of materialism and and you know b- basically anything but God, so it's right. like okay, well, you walk through that portal that's the universe you're entering into and there's a lot more that we have to say about that because some of it is so inevitably present that it's going to really affect the prudence of you know how often and how we enter into that portal, but my point is is that not only is just using these machines in and of themselves, having this kind of weakening effect on our mental system. It's also bringing us into a direct contact with a disordered
0: culture, which is dangerous. Okay. Well, Father, we are gonna get into some of these other topics in greater depth. We're gonna talk about the elephant in the room. We're going to talk eventually even about some solutions and some practical tips for parents, Um, but, but for this topic, do you have any last words? I think you you set the stage very well on, um, well, <laughs> on the responsibility of all of us to to think about what we're doing, but also to to learn more about um, yeah how these devices affect us without mm-hmm. us us knowing it. So. Um, you know, any I put it this way. Any last words, maybe for this first episode, for those who, who might still be a little unsure. Maybe this is a little too much, too fast. I mean, is it really that bad? Sure. Is it? Um, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Right. So right. I, I would say this. Um, I think I have
1: just two short things to sure. say. The first is um, the conclusion is not going to be some you know absolutely life changing indication of intrinsically evil things that you know everybody has to shape up or sure be condemned really the conclusion that i would just want to make right now is we've already you know pointed to a lot of things and like I said we're going to point to a lot more um what we're going to say and what we're just going to kind of keep reiterating is that our use of these machines it's not intrinsically evil but it is intrinsically dangerous yeah. And all that really means for us is that whenever we use something that is intrinsically dangerous, like a car or a gun or something like that, what's required of us is a higher level of knowledge about the thing and therefore a higher level of prudence and virtue in order to be able to use it well. So our goal is not, you know, to just shut everybody off. Sure. It's uh, the goal is to, we, we, we want to understand as much as we possibly can about this. And by, by, that increase of knowledge to be to be able to use them that much more prudent because they are intrinsically dangerous. Um, there's okay. just something about the very nature of them that we have to admit uh, we we can't just pretend that it's as easy as just oh I'll just make the right choices when the time comes. That's the first thing. Um, okay. So uh, the second thing I think is is maybe I I don't know I could kind of form it as a request. Um, a lot of times I think when I have these sort of conversations with people, you know. We tend to get defensive and it makes sense because mm. you know, well, no one wants to be attacked, first of all, but especially we don't want to be attacked and, and sort of like if we've kind of built our life around you, know, sure. or maybe even like a, you know, how we support our family or sure. whatever it is, like all those things. Um, and uh, and like you said, we 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 don't want to, no one wants to slip down into the rabbit hole of extremism mm-hmm. and and um, all that sort of thing. So, my request would be this it's you know, if if what we talk about you know, strikes you as maybe too far or too much or, or too intense or something like that, my request would be you know, don't necessarily fight, fight us on it. M- maybe it, it would just be better to ask ourselves, okay, if, if the point is being made that you know, this and this has this sort of negative effect, instead of just saying, no, they're ridiculous, they're fighting ways, maybe we can just ask ourselves, okay, well, what, could, could I do something better with it? That's all. Mm. Because if if we go into it with that spirit, you know, we're going to come out somewhat better on the end, no matter what. Um, and and then you know maybe maybe the points we make are accepted or not. But if our, if uh, if I could just make the request to just say, okay, you know, instead of uh, trying to get to fisticuffs yeah. with it, just we could just ask ourselves, okay, what what can I do better with this this particular point? If he's saying it's distracting, if it's time loss, if it's addicting. What what could I do better with that? And that's I mean really that's that's our only goal. So right. that's um, that would be my It's a good conclusion. examination yeah. of conscience.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you, father. Sure thing. All right.